Good morning. Good to see you. Happy New Year. Let's stand and sing together. Sing very loud. morning that may be a little Christmassy. This song is called Tears Fell Down as Praise. And it's, it was written by Andy just to make, help us to focus on the Christmas story and all the different parts of the Christmas story. And then at the end, there's, um, there's a verse that says, for his children are below, he sent his son to die. But on this night, God watched from on high and his tears fell down as praise. Let's sing this together.
cold starry night in Bethlehem, a newborn baby held in her hands, and oh, we know how the story goes. Wrapped up tight, laid in the hay, stars shining bright like the break of day, and oh. We know how the story goes. Did you ever stop to think? Wonder what was on their minds as it all sank in and they began to cry. And the tears fell down as free. And the tears fell down as praise. Joseph kept watch with a careful eye. Mary sang a sweet lullaby. And the tears fell down as praise. Shepherds with their flocks lying on the ground. Angels burst forth with a heavenly sound. And ooh. We know how the story goes. They made their way to the nearby town. At the foot of the manger, they fell to the ground and knew. We know how the story goes. Did you ever stop to think? Wonder what was on their minds as it all sank in and they began to cry. And the tears fell down as free. And the tears fell down as free. Shepherds worship with hands held high. Sleeping baby opened his eyes and the tears fell down as free. God sent out a son in the form of a man. This was all part of the master's plan. And oh, we know how the story Well, he grew up strong in the blink of an eye. From the day of his birth, he was destined to die. And oh, we know how the story goes. Did you ever stop to think, wonder what was on his mind as his son was born and God began to cry? And the tears fell down as free. And the tears fell down as free. For his children below, he sent his son to die. But on this night, God watched from on high. And the tears fell down as free.
sleeping baby began to cry could he hear the echoes of crucified and the tears fell down as breathe and the tears fell down as breathe and the tears fell down as breathe and the tears fell down as We have a few children present. If you all will come join us up here for a few moments of sharing, and the rest of you turn and greet your neighbors as we continue worship in a moment. Good morning. Are y'all doing good this morning? Happy New Year. Okay, let me read you a Bible verse to get us started this morning. It comes out of Luke chapter 2, and it's verses 25 and 26. It says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Okay, so that's, that's going to get us started this morning, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. So today is the beginning of a new year, right? What year is it? 2012. Yeah. Okay, so it's a brand new calendar, right? I brought my calendar. Because look, what's, what do you notice about this? It's blank. It's ready for me to fill out, right? It's not filled up with full days yet, is it? It's still kind of blank and it's still ready, right? Yeah, I do have some things on January, see? Okay. That's a good idea. Okay. So, okay, that's a good idea. So a brand new calendar kind of makes us feel like we have a fresh new start, doesn't it? We kind of get a chance to start over in a way. And a lot of people start the new year by making a special promise to themselves. So you know what it's called? What do a lot of people do at the beginning of a new year? Do they make New Year's resolutions? Yeah. Have you heard of people talking about that? Are you making New Year's resolutions? Okay, well, I'll let you tell me some of those in a minute. But some that I thought might be good that children might make is I'll watch less TV and I'll get more exercise. Is anybody making that resolution? Brave? No. I will wear my seatbelt every time I get in the car. That's a, that's a really good one, right? Yeah. Definitely. Okay. I will be nice to other kids, even my brothers and sisters. Okay. Um, what about, I will put away my toys when I'm through playing with them. 
Is that a good resolution? Does anybody else have one they want to share that I didn't list? That might be a good one. Anybody? Lauren, you have one? Turn off your phone. Yeah, turn off your phone. Yeah. Anybody else? Okay, Eli. Eat less candy. <laughs> okay. Well, some people don't take New Year's resolutions very seriously because it's just kind of a promise to yourself. So who's going to know if you don't do it? It's just something that you're... Oh, I'm sorry, Ryan. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Okay. Well, some people don't take New Year's resolutions very seriously because it's just a promise to yourself. And you might not think it's a big deal to, if you break a promise that you've kept to yourself because maybe nobody else would even know. Well, God doesn't feel that way at all. He is always faithful in keeping his promises. In the Bible, there's a story about a man named Simeon, and that's the Bible verse that I read you when we got started this morning. And he was a very old man who had faithfully served God all of his life. And he was looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. And God had promised him that he would not die until he had seen the Christ. He would see that promised Messiah before the end of his life. So a few days after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph took him to the temple to dedicate him to God. And Simeon was in the temple, just like he always was. As soon as he saw the baby, he knew that Jesus Christ had kept, that Jesus was the Christ, um, and that he was the Messiah, and that God's promise had been kept. So he got to see that Messiah during his lifetime. So Simeon took the child in his arms, and he praised God, and he said, Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. Anna, a prophet, was also in the temple. She was always in the temple worshiping and praying. And she came along just as Simeon was talking to Mary and Joseph. And when she heard what he was saying, she began to praise God and tell everyone that this child was the Savior that God had promised. So both Simeon and Anna knew that God was faithful and always kept his promises. And he kept them then, and he keeps them with us now, doesn't he? And we always know that. So today, as we begin a new year, let's remember that just as we want to be faithful to ourselves in keeping our New Year's resolutions, who is always going to be faithful to us? Exactly. Okay, so will you bow your heads and pray with me? Repeat after me. Dear Father, just as you are faithful to keep your promises, Help us to be faithful in keeping our promises. Amen. Good to see everybody here this morning to, as we come for the first worship of the new year um, and glad that we could be together. Uh, my buddies at Waffle House invited me out with them last night but I told them that I had to be here and 
able to drive legally. <clears throat> they said that that would be an unusual occurrence for me. But anyway, it's good that I can uh, be here with you. We can be together for this time. Several announcements to call to your attention. One um, is that on Wednesday night of this week, we will be having our first Wednesday uh, catered meal from 5.30 to 7 in the social hall. Um, menu is Parmesan chicken, salad, rolls, dessert, and tea. There will be activities for the children after the meal. Reservations are not required, but you may sign up online or call the church office to give us a, a, a heads up if you'd like to join us for this time of fun and fellowship. Um, the Sunday night programs of choir, mission kids, and Bible study for children will begin a week from today, January the 8th. We invite children to please plan to be here uh, next Sunday from 5.30 to 7. There is a special event coming up on January the 22nd um, that is a Samaritan's Purse Children's Heart Project Spaghetti Dinner Fundraiser. It is on January the 22nd at 6 p.m. here in the Family Life Center. There will be tickets sold before and after each service. Um, Leanna, I believe, is uh, here with some tickets today back in the back. Uh, Morris, Leanna Morris. Uh, and it's to, to help with the project, and Leanna's kind of spearheading this for us, so... Uh, we invite you to um, share in that. When is the 22nd? Two weeks, uh, three weeks from today? Four, three, yeah, okay, it's a Sunday, all right, very good. Um, do you have some prayer, con thank you, Tim, he's holding up the reminder, do you have any prayer concerns this morning? We invite you to uh, share any concerns you might have. If you would raise your hand, we'll get you an index card. Um, and then if you'll fill something out and raise the card back up right quick so that we will um, be able to share your concern this morning with you and join you in prayer. We do believe in the power of prayer, especially when the church of the Lord gets together to say a word of prayer. That's a powerful thing. What else is happening in a youth meeting tonight? Youth are meeting as usual tonight. Very good. Supper at 6.30. Very, very good. I'm wearing my Christmas tie today because finally my wife's family is getting together today for Christmas. We hadn't gotten together yet. So, um, and mainly they were waiting for my children to get to town. They haven't been able to be here together yet. So uh, we'll be at Granny's today, finally opening presents. Nothing like being on time, you know. Uh, if you've got your prayer concerns, as soon as you have them ready, if you'll raise them up so that our ushers can pick them up. Thank you. I've been meaning to ask if Bill Klute's gotten his airplane back up off the, in the air. Somebody told me that Susanna isn't as much fun for you to fly around anymore since she stopped screaming. You know. 
Do we have any other prayer concerns? Let us join our hearts together then in prayer. Lord, we are thankful for this time to be together. After a busy season of planning to celebrate the birth of Christ, and it gets so busy for us always with our social engagements and our decorating and all the shopping that has to be done, and we confess that when it's over, we're a little bit relieved sometimes and pretty tired. So it's good that we can reflect this day and in the days to come on the meaning of the birth of Christ and the difference that that makes in our daily lives, and we're thankful for this. And of course, a birth so magnificent as God coming to earth in flesh deserves all the partying and celebrating and, and excitement that we can give it because indeed nothing greater has been given to our world than your presence here with us, and we're thankful for this. Lord, these are our special prayers for today. We pray for troops in harm's way, their families and loved ones. We pray for your presence to be experienced by Judy Harris during her surgery on Tuesday. We give you thanks, Lord, for an answered prayer. We pray for a friend who attempted suicide. We pray for those looking for something, that those who are looking for something will turn to Christ. We pray for the Edwards family and the Weiss family. We pray for comfort for Michael Haas and Martha Gibson for healing. Lord, these are our prayers through Jesus Christ who has taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The mystery is revealed. The scripture today is from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. <clears throat> for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit of God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that, through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. I became a servant of the gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all of God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, 
the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through him and through faith in him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Here ends the lesson. It's a good shot here. Crime scene here. It is said that curiosity kills the cat, but um, it's also a very human trait. Curiosity is a gift to us from God, one that has served the human family very well. If something is hidden and shrouded in a mystery, we humans are all the more interested in going to work to solve that mystery. Along with science fiction and romance, Mystery is one of the reasons we watch television programs and go to the movies. Mystery is also one of the stimulants for higher, educations, uh, higher education for us, and it's also a component of the human search to find God. We want to understand God, and perhaps that's the reason God chose to surround himself in mystery. By the first century AD, mystery religions were everywhere in the Roman Empire. These mystery religions centered around certain pagan deities, and people were promised that after they joined one or more of these cults, that they would be given understanding that produced unity with that God along with strong inner peace. Some of them promised forgiveness of sins and forgiveness and even immortality. Many of these mystery religions centered around agriculture with its annual cycle of birth and death. And these religions were designed to address human questions about life after death. Of course, many of these mystery religions involved practices that exceeded the bounds of decency and morality and were therefore opposed by Judeo-Christian groups. But they were immensely popular in Paul's day. And the concept of mystery was a common one in religious discussions of that day. Perhaps that is why the writer of Hebrews, and it probably was a student of Paul who was trying his best to write down and assemble the ideas of the Apostle Paul so that they wouldn't be lost. Uh, he employed that word mystery so often in the, his book of Ephesians in telling what God had done for us in Christ. He was using a popular concept of his day, a religious concept, to explain the work of Christ for all people. Like the mystery religions, the church promised new insights and understanding into the nature of the one God to people who would join its ranks. Through the message of the gospel, God was brought out of hiding, incarnate into the existence, into our existence, whereby we could know him and be known by him. Through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, unity and peace with God had been accomplished for us. Our sins were forgiven, and we have been promised eternal life. In short, the Christian faith could deliver 
what the mystery religions all promised but could not deliver. Insight into God's nature, unity and peace with God, forgiveness, life after death. And one more thing that the writer of Ephesians said was the biggest mystery of all, but I'll save that mystery until after this commercial message from one of our sponsors. Friends, are you looking for life that's good to the last drop? Are you looking for something that runs like a deer? After disappointing experiences in other churches, are you looking for a church that will cause you to say, it's the real thing? Like GE, we at Memorial United Methodist Church bring good things to life. Our first Wednesday catered meal suppers are always finger-licking good. Our children's programs give children the kiss of Christian love because every kiss begins with K-T. The kids in our youth program go around singing, Andy walks with me, Andy talks with me. The faith that you can develop here at our church is Timex faith. That kind of faith that takes a licking and keeps on ticking. So try us, you'll like us. Well, <clears throat> what that commercial just did, besides putting some of you to sleep, was to try to tie in some of the popular commercial ideas of our day that you see on television uh, and to help us connect the work of the church with your lives using these familiar slogans. And that's what I'm suggesting that the writer of Hebrews was trying to do. Borrowing that concept of mystery that was so prevalent in religions of that day and using it as a way to connect the gospel message to people of that day. The first thing that we learn from the, about the mystery of the gospel is that it came to Paul by means of grace and revelation. Grace because it came to Paul at a time when he really didn't deserve it, when he wasn't looking for it, when he was busy persecuting the faith that he later embraced. And it came by revelation because it came directly out of heaven to Paul in the form of a vision. Paul counted his vision on the road to Damascus as nothing short of a resurrection appearance of Jesus like the others had experienced on Easter morning. It made him an apostle equal to them because he too had witnessed the resurrected Christ. The word revelation is an important word because it reminds us that our curiosity and our brains can carry us just part of the way toward God. It really can't get us all the way there. Using our human reasoning power, we can probably come to the conclusion that there's only one God and that he made everything, but it takes God's self-revelation to carry us the rest of the way. We don't really find God, he finds us. We can know God not because of our participation in some mystery religion that imparts knowledge to us, but because God has chosen to let himself be known and has come down from heaven in Christ and revealed himself to us. The message of the gospel, you see, is not some idea concocted by wise humans. 
It is a message that has come to us through divine revelation. We next learn that this mystery was not made known to anyone in previous generations before Paul's generation. Not to the great philosophers of Greece, not even to the Hebrew prophets of old. This is something brand new, the writer tells us, occurring beginning in that day due to the revelation from God by means of the Holy Spirit to God's chosen apostles. Oh, the mystery builds, doesn't it? And now we see what Paul considered to be that great mystery. It is that all people are to be included in God's family, brought together into the unified body of believers in Christ. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members of the one body, and sharers together in the promise of Jesus Christ, we're told. That's it, Paul? That's your great mystery? You know, I was sort of expecting something more, like... Is the world going to end when the Mayan calendar runs out of days next December? Do you feel a little little let down by this mystery that Paul unmasks? The mystery that has been hidden until now and revealed only recently in Christ is that all people are called to be included into the family of God through Christ. All people are being invited by God to come through faith in Christ into God's family and to live in harmony with one another. Somehow, I guess I was expecting a little more than that. And somehow I need a little help in appreciating that mystery. But all you've got to do to really appreciate that history is to look at what has happened uh, throughout human history. What is the one treasure that continues to elude us on this planet? Is it not peace? Like the old song that was popular back uh, many years ago in the 70s about Billy Jack. Now they stood beside the treasure on the mountain, dark and red, turned the stone and looked beneath it. Peace on earth, earth is all it said. Although all humans are part of the same family who came from the same place, from the same human pair, we have allowed divisions to tear us apart. The Tower of Babel reminds us that language was the first divider of human beings. And then we divided ourselves by ancestry and tribe as one huge family clan waged war on each other. You know, when the Holts get a little stronger, we'll take on the Watsons. You know, that was the kind of thing. Along the journey, we picked up different skin colors and hair colors and other physical distinctions, and we divided ourselves from each other based upon external differences. The Egyptians and the Israelites were conquered by the media Persian Empire, which was conquered by Alexander and the Greeks, which was later conquered by the Romans. Religion uh, uh, further divided people, and they continue. Religions continue to divide us in our world. It's a sad thing, and yet a funny thing in some ways, that Sunni Muslims and Shiite Muslims can't get along, and yet they're each part of the same religion. Of course, we've been through some times in history when Catholics and Protestants haven't gotten along very well either. 
Orthodox Jews in Jerusalem recently made the headlines by telling a Jewish lady that she needed to get up out of her seat on the bus and move to the back of the bus. Hello, Rosa Parks, where are you when we need you? All of human history has been about dividing ourselves from each other, thinking that our way is the only way and that we're better than everybody else. Everybody else needs to get to the back of the bus because we're better than you are. Our knowledge is better than yours. Our religion is better than yours. Sorry, but you're going to be left out. But the gospel mystery is that Almighty God has acted to arrest this process of disintegration and division. God has come to us in Christ. Christ's death has made all the rules of the Hebrew religion obsolete. Everything that the old religion taught about right standing with God based upon our own goodness has been annulled. The insights of the great philosophers as well as the oneness with God promised by the mystery religions have all been shown to be inadequate. Right standing with God now is based on God's revelation that in Christ you're declared to be righteous. Oneness with God, peace with God, forgiveness and the assurance of eternal life all depend upon God's work in Christ. Not only are we all brothers and sisters because we share a common ancestor, we are blood brothers and sisters of Jesus and therefore we are blood brothers of one another. There's a new hope for peace on the planet. A new way of unity symbolized by the visit of the wise man, wise men to Jesus. Men who were members of another religion and a foreign nation and race. And yet they came and knelt at the feet of Jesus. God's intention, Paul says, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. It was Paul's hope that not only would the gospel result in salvation for everyone, but also in peace for our troubled planet. This is the hidden mystery of the gospel, according to Paul. This grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, to make plain to everyone the administration of this ministry, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. So you and I are not only messengers of salvation, we are messengers of peace for our planet. We are all God's children, and we're called to help others see that they are too. But we should not be under any illusions as we pursue this peace on earth. Like the policeman who stood between two angry men to separate them, to keep them from hitting one another, and then the two men got mad and started beating up the policeman who got in the way. So Paul found himself standing in the middle being beaten on by everybody. We too will know many failures. Peacemakers often get beat up. But we all know of instances where homes and families were being torn apart, when faith in Christ came into the picture, when Jesus became Lord in those families and peace was restored, it can happen to entire communities. Jesus remains our hope for the world because God 
has told us about his hidden secret wish that all of his children would share together in the promise of his love in Jesus Christ. Amen. I invite you to stand as we affirm our faith in God using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. Please be seated and we will ask the ushers to help us now as we receive our morning offering. Day 
peace as those who know what God's mystery is to unite all of us in Christ Jesus into his one big loving family go forth in peace to live for Christ Amen
Have a great week.